0: It's time for the Masters of the Universe Chronicles commentary, focusing on a classic episode. As we join the hosts, Chris Vint and James Etock, and hear their thoughts on their chosen episode. Hello,
1: welcome to yet another Master Universe Chronicles commentary. It's always a joy to sit down and watch Master Universe and have in my head—well, not in my head because this makes me sound demented—but on my <laughs> earphones, Mister James Etok. Hello to you as always, James.
0: I'm in your head, sir. <laughs> yeah,
1: I hear voices in my head, so I do. So, James, we've chosen an episode that's very dear to your heart. Um, c- could you tell us a bit about the episode that you've chosen?
0: Um, yes, we're going to be doing The Star Child, which uh, people often criticise uh, The Greatest Show on Eternia as being the worst episode of the series. Um, and I can see why. It's a, it's a circus on Eternia what? But The Star Child has got no reason to be the worst episode of the series but i think it is i think the star child is piece of uh, really and, uh, james language oh sorry sorry, sorry. language
1: i know you, you have you know personal feelings towards this episode but please just curb your apologies folks i will obviously have to go and edit this now james so thanks for that but um, do you mind if we crack on with this episode now we shall
0: we shall wax lyrical on this palette <sighs> what did i just say <laughs> sorry sir i can't bend- Ah, oh, this this is going to be tough. Okay,
1: well, apologies, folks. I have to keep this PG, you know. He man never swore. Think of it that way, James. He man never That's swore. True. He would have if he. Oh, it doesn't. <laughs> no, right. stop it. Right. <laughs> Are you ready?
0: I wish I wasn't, but yes.
1: <laughs> Three, two, one, play.
0: Oh no! My DVD player exploded. <laughs> we'll never be able to do this one. Oh dear. Oh dear. Bing. I think the scary the scariest thing is when you see the title card but uh, I'll wait for it to appear Okay. We'll see. so yeah um, He-Man and the Master of the Universe season 1 episode The Star Child um, oddly it sh- it, it's got elements which should not make it the worst episode and it starts off okay but there are a few moments of dialogue in the first scene you think that's a bit odd I remember, <laughs> I remember as a kid watching this with my parents and them just l- laughing at some of the dialogue in the opening scene and you know Okay, it's He-Man. It's, they're not going to be watching it, thinking, "Oh, this is a Shakespearean." In <laughs> but it was just embarrassing dialogue. You know, even as a kid, i remember thinking, "Oh, I shouldn't be watching this." But, um, but then the episode, when you get to the Royal Palace, the episode becomes a, the, a farce. I just, I honestly don't get how Formation made such a bad episode, and people are probably going, "Why? Why?" You'll find out why as we watch the episode. <sighs> oh yes, you'll find out why.
1: See, I always bang on about the issue oh, of Attorney of being personally my worst episode and now you're probably just going to completely change my opinion on this. Well, you're I going to use a Jedi mind trick and just go this. Uh, is, is the worst no thing? Jedi is mind trick
0: required. Just simple words. <laughs> cursory words which I won't use. Oh no, that's alright. I actually um, apologies to the man if he actually is listening but I actually thought in some weird way that Larry D'Otileo was involved in this episode. Phew! I knew that couldn't be the case. I thought it would be a case where he um did the teleplay on it, like it was story by so-and-so, teleplay, teleplay by so-and-so. Uh-huh. The odd thing about this episode is that those um, those that contributed to the script, one of which was Arthur Brown Jr., wrote really good episodes during the series. So I think my problem with this episode, aside from a lot of the dialogue and the script, is visually it's a horrid episode. I mean, it starts off the worst shot of paylot you'll ever see. Here's Paylos in purple. Why? <laughs> And you've got John Owen doing that voice that only works on Web Store. Not on, you know, this character. He but sounds people... an awful
1: lot like Man at Arms as well.
0: Oh, that that guy. I remember, um, oddly, years ago when um, we were trying to find out how many episodes there were, uh, one of the, <laughs> one of my fellow He-Man fans sent me this um, audio clip from this episode and it was that. It was uh, uh, Willen, who's the leader of the tree people talking. And I actually thought in this audio clip it was Man at Arms how strange it turns out it's not a all it's Willem uh, Alan Oppenheimer doing the man at arms voice you can hear it here in the old vine jungle um, in the first bit of trivia in the uh, script the Palos in, in purple there in the hood was originally supposed to be a blue skinned character you know because they are the um, what people are they? they're the cave dwellers that's right so they were supposed to be blue skinned but Filmation in their infinite wisdom decided to make them white you know Ah, oh, it's the best bit of the
1: episode. <laughs> should we just stop now then?
0: Yeah, we could. Uh, maybe, maybe we should have done this commentary and just go right here. We go and just have white noise. Next <laughs> <episode>. <laughs> it's and never too late, James. Stop the episode for me. Now, uh, yeah, maybe I, it's a it's a cartoon, but you know, I just I think there are certain things you can do, and it's like when you watch an episode and the, you know that's the frustrating thing you watch it and you think I could actually write better than this and that's a, that's a stupid thing to say because I didn't and even if I was a, I was a staff member of Filmation or any of us were maybe we wouldn't have written an episode like this but uh, I don't know just something is wrong with it you think this is cool you know they've gone into the underground cavern they're going to fight they're going to fight a monster <laughs> his first error there He-Man's mouth isn't moving he's talking but, uh... so oh there's Backall from Teela's Quest or a miniature version of Backall anyway. Oh no. Oh. He's defeated by the Star Child. And just slips. Oh, slips and dies. See, the Star Child is a character. If you go and look at Larry De Tilio wrote her second episode, which is Bargain of Evil, episode one hundred and twenty five. Larry wrote that and got the character. And the animator's got the character, and she looks she's great in that episode. She's animated beautifully, she looks like a child. The um, the characters written like a child, but with this great power. Ah, oh, some awful dialogue coming up. Ready? Where is it? Balcat, use your muscles. <laughs> Shh, here it is. <laughs> awful dialogue. I think that is one of the worst pieces of dialogue in the series. And Heyman there, Bleh! when he ta- when he breaks the bond. <laughs> it just, I mean, you know, I can be overly critical. Look at Heyman here. That's a horrible shot. No, she looks terrified of him. Hey little girl I'll see you. She's like. <laughs> what are you doing
1: In a cave like this
0: Yeah Yeah exactly You come here often <laughs> it's just, I just hate the way This This is a cute little scene It's probably the best scene In the episode Next to the transformation Is Battle Cat Big beast of a cat Being like really affectionate is this kid
1: And doesn't actually Put her on the saddle Just like wait, Just lifts her with her arm And like yeah. Ow <laughs> Don't know your own strength No I don't
0: See, I, I like the way these two characters are fighting over her for a reason which you find out at the end of the episode, or you, you find out more about it the end of the episode. <laughs> that part of the story is good, but it's just this entire middle section is pointless. They could have done... So, yeah, we go to the Royal Palace. For some reason, it shows that part. Oh, because oh, we're seeing Orko. This scene doesn't make any sense either. Orko, like, makes a weird creature, a face appear. Um, Teela's in shock. pointless look at that (gasps) what is (laughs) i'm scared so i'll just hide behind my arm look did you do that on purpose he's like what what'd i do (laughs) like like i did it on purpose (laughs) so yeah now we get you know this scene works all right i mean it's quite funny if you go and look at um bargain with eva's this fantastic bit of animation where um I think it's Taylor picks up the Star Child and her hair bobs and everything. And it just is so wonderfully animated. You think that's hey, there? The Star Child, giant blue eyes, she looks freakish. And it's, See, and her powers.
1: Oh god, sorry. With the glow, all I can think of is the Ready Breck
0: adverts. Oh yeah, yeah for yeah for those in America that don't know, Ready Breck was based on this uh, cereal. Cereal is that a fair term to call it? Like, yeah, like, kind like, 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 a like a porridge. A, yeah, porridge and. Um, and in the adverts, the adverts were that they keep they give you insulation so they warm you. So in other words, all the characters walk around with like a little red glow. So uh, when we see these as UK fans we're like <coughs> ready, Breck. And the other thing about this is they really haven't got the idea of how to draw the star child. Here she's like looks like a teenager, she's supposed to be like a little child, like a kid. Okay, well, I don't know what that is. Yeah, it's oh, a very okay. odd pose. I'm starting to get angry, I might, I might go away for five minutes come back and after I had a little breather <laughs> Again, good good idea for the plot point The king and queen will kind of um, I love that, King Randall how, Looking at her makes me th- wish Prince Adam was still a child What, a little girl?
1: Yeah Oh, you wouldn't think uh, this makes me think of our child? our other child that you know nobody knows
0: really knows about and everybody would have been like what are you talking about he's like oh we can't talk about that see I like this idea I love the fact that the king and queen are like you know residing over this court proceeding as it were Um, and they give Pelos and Willan these kind of aggressive personalities although Willan seems to be like the nicer of the two and here's where the episode descends into madness right so (laughs) the star child runs away oh no that's not good we better go and get her. Star Trek, wait. How long should this take? A minute? You get this scene, look, Taylor. Oh my god, a shadow! It's a terrified. Who could the shadow be? Oh, it's What What is going on? Listen. <laughs> I thought it happened it was you. Oh. What's that from Heyman? So man oh there goes the Star Trek. I'll just go over to her and say, Look, you need to come with me.
1: And how many times does she run away in this episode?
0: I've lost count. I <laughs> that though, Heyman walks in the room. She's terrified. So he says, "There's no use in hiding or something That like he's. A, uh, let's not go down that road. But he sounds like an aggressive man. It's like <laughs> this is just horrid. Child abduction is what this is about. <laughs> I just there's something wrong with this episode. Right. Okay. So nice effect here. That's that's actually good because that's a lot of uh that's a lot of that's two pass animation. Uh, interesting fact: Taylor's room there, which you see. This is Taylor's bedroom. If you see the episode of She-Ra the Anxious apprentice, um, caster spellers apprentice is co- uh, is named Ariel, and her room is Taylor's room in that episode. Very strange.
1: Yeah, and he just decides to uh, take stuff from Taylor's room as well,
0: which is yeah, nice. Yeah, by Pelos Rock. You know,
1: <laughs> I like the lighting
0: on him. On this is interesting as well because I was. Well, oh, here we go again. She runs away. <laughs> Why you know, is she shouting? I don't know, it's so pointless. <laughs> she runs into the shot to say, I watched her go down there, he was like, I saw her. And this scene, this is for me what kind of does it for the episode, or one of the two times. We don't want to scare her. So she thinks, okay, I'll block the door. That's alright. Fair enough, she's scared, she blocked block the door. Good effects, I should say, on this scene. Very cool effects. Okay. Okay, so he man takes a bit of a job. So that's not that's you know okay. She's trying to protect herself. Oh no! Now she's trying to kill us. <laughs> this is the problem I've got with this episode constantly because it gets worse. Her her acts get more and more demonic. She's like blooming, I mean, what's the uh, the the, ch- the child out of the Omen, you know, Damien. It's like she's trying to kill everybody. This is a bizarre. I, I, this is probably the, the only funny thing in the episode. He man looks up, you know, I'll fix the floor later.
1: <laughs> I like the well, way he landed on his feet, and she's like dying on her legs, probably going, "Ow!" Oh, you could have warned me. Yeah, but
0: the other weird thing is, she's up there still, and then they just go, "Let's go back to the throne room." No, maybe you want to keep looking for her. <laughs> oh no, we've got to listen to Willen's side of the story now. Thank you for saving my ward. Okay, man, I'm at Willan. <laughs> Mad at Willow. So, there we go. I, <laughs> I do love this bit of dialogue. No fighting in the. In the throne, no fighting at all. You tell him, Randall. And he
1: just says, yeah, we'll just house her here, because she's caused no trouble whatsoever, so...
0: Yeah, she's yeah. only trying to kill everybody in the palace, but she's yeah. no trouble at all. But she's got blonde hair, so that's fine. Yeah, she's all right with us. It's a nice little saying. It's not, I'm lying. It's pointless. <laughs> so it I thought you were being sincere there. More so <laughs> me. Pointless. He gives her a rise and says uh, some uh, bit of a lovely dialogue, you know. I only hope she grows to be as pretty. Not work. Grow to be as lovely. I love Tila's. There's a good bit of Tila's face here where she scowls. It wouldn't be right, or what she says. There she goes. She's not happy.
1: So he's trying to side with her, and then he but, might,
0: yeah, and then to side with man at arms, but obviously they're trying to show them that they're they're trying to give her the best of both worlds and it's true it's they've got a best interest but uh, they're creepy characters Willan's got no eyes just like little black little dots like the penguin in um the wrong (laughs) trousers whatever it was the wrong trousers I think look she's there where is she it's like where's Wally but like easier (laughs) than ever there we go right okay so what's she gonna do right she puts them in a bubble they're gonna die lack of oxygen Oh no, I'm not done. I'm going to send them to the skylight where they'll probably die, you know. Somebody that... been
1: watching Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. But unfortunately, nobody has written anybody as clever as Gene Wilder in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Can so we just talk about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory Because I or, or, You know Because I love that, that film Yeah that's fine The 70s version I'm talking about You know no, no, Oh no,
1: yes yeah, so The Gene Wilder version Is Gene far Gene Wilder's superior amazing film. One, yeah.
0: Actually If you're watching this episode On commentary now Stop it <laughs> Go on to Amazon.com Or play.com Whatever your choice is and, and buy Charlie and the Chocolate Factory 1970s version And watch it For a really entertaining film With dark undertones Everything's just a kids film It's a very dark film And um, Gene Wilder Is amazing His best role ever Oh yeah, and hey man, um, so yeah, this episode is sucking... <laughs> the oh. life out of you, is it? it really is. Now, on, Here we let's... see
1: Man-at-Arms for the first time in the episode, just sitting there fixing stuff. Oh, there you go. I, have I love this. Spanner.
0: I thought you were my daughter. That dialogue makes no sense because... He doesn't say anything to indicate that he's known that Taylor has walked into the room or what he thought was Taylor. So someone, ha- a big green hand, hands him a wrench. and goes, Oh, "I thought you were my daughter." Even Man Arms is crazy in this episode. Of course, <laughs> that's just, that's there's so an smart. amazing. Uh, sorry, there's an amazing bit of dialogue from Heyman coming up, which is uh, I always laugh at. Well, actually, I'll point out when we get there. But again, right? So, what, what's happened? Now the Starchild overrides the because the, the beauty of this story is the Starchild is is probably the most, one of the most powerful characters on the planet, but um, we uh, we see her here overriding the um, what is it the de- yeah my arm says here is like the defence system or something laser mm. defence um she's trying to shoot kill them now so. I-
1: it's like big brother gone wrong. <laughs>
0: he is. It's terrifying. But the <laughs> weird thing is, is that these two aren't threatening, Star Child. They're somewhere else in the palace. Oh, Sword here. looks awful. Sword looks awful. Then we get a blue background, because obviously we do <laughs> I think that blue background is actually from... Um, if you doctor go to... Who. <laughs> yeah, doctor... No, I think it's from Trouble in Arcadia. I think. Even these action scenes are dull. I don't care about him deflecting loss. <laughs> where's and yeah what's uh, let's check over there suddenly they're outside the lab I mean that's just me oh here we go if He-Man was a little girl what beautiful (laughs) thought why don't you think about that some more (laughs) He-Man this episode I'd be playing with a frisbee or skipping or playing with a hula hoop (laughs) doing the job at hand
1: that would have been a better episode. It is twenty three minutes out of He Man. Just oh, don't worry,
0: don't it. worry. It's not over yet. You know, he's he's, he's found the sarcophagus. So really, the episode should end here. They go to the throne room, and they, uh, you know, they took it out. This is probably the only, one of the few decent scenes when she says, "I can use my power to protect myself," implying that she's so powerful that she could just kill anybody. Like He Man says, "You certainly can." You know, you nearly killed the entire residents <laughs> of the royal <laughs> palace.
1: And do you have any remorse or are you going to
0: apologise? No, I'm a little whiny brat! Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the problem. She's supposed to be a child, but they, they write her in the wrong way. They don't write her as a child. And they animate her all over the place. One well, I minute mean, she's like a woman, then she's like a kid, then she's like a teenager. Okay, so right, we're going back to the, uh, the throne room, so, you know. Hopefully, King Randor won't go looking at her, reminds me of Prince Adam, you know, or anything like that. She's crying. <laughs>
1: So he thinks looking at her reminds her of Prince Adam. Man at Arms says that, oh, you remind me of my daughter. Do- I thought you were my daughter. So I don't know what they've been smoking or anything before. Maybe or...
0: Power is the ability to make you reminisce. <laughs> I don't know, about your children.
1: But whenever no, he can... says, you know, like, oh, I thought you were my daughter. Funny story about that, which has no relevance to this, but let yeah. me tell it anyway.
0: how all over again. <laughs> So, okay, look, Hey man is stood next to the star child there, so... Let's
1: grab her by the scruff.
0: Just say, look, boys, stop arguing, because you're scaring her. No, He-Man's just going to watch her run away again. <sighs> and now I have to go and get her again. Look what you've done! Like, she's a kid, so she wouldn't have got far, right? Oh, no, she's like a mile away. Oh, look, convenience grate in the floor. <laughs>
1: and she didn't fall it.
0: through it awful drawing of it Ugh. I love this that's the tunnel to the old vine jungle what that's all I've got to say about that <laughs> good for you good to hope this episode ends soon <laughs> so now we're in the old vine jungle which to the train guy is the dark lands from ordeal in the dark lands but I don't mind it being reused as the old vine jungle it makes more sense actually um is this a tickle trap? Yes, yeah, tickle trap. But the uh, interesting if you listen to the sound it makes when they tickle it, it's the um the noise of the tribbles from <laughs> like from the Star Trek episode Trouble with Tribbles, the famous Star Trek episode from the sixties. And uh Yeah, so yeah, this action these action scenes are monotonous.
1: So, it's safe, it's safe, to, safe say to say that, that Star Charge is, is, is your least, least favorite, favorite.
0: I think it style. is because, you know, every criticizes the Greatest Shiny Turn. I understand why they do because the, the, the basic premise of that episode is ridiculous. Skeletor wants to ruin the circus after asking them to perform. Ridiculous idea for an episode. But the episode has moments where you think, oh, that's good, or that's well animated, or that's funny, or that's, that's a good bit of dialogue. You know, I can think of many bits of dialogue in that episode that are good. This, it's just like, all of them, all the people at Filmation just thought, ugh, what should we do with this episode? Mm-hmm. You know. Actually, what this monster as well. got. Filmation did these uh, joke awards every year, and this was voted like, as the worst, one of the worst monsters from the heat. <laughs> Plant Ape, as it's known in the script. I just think it looks alright, but... Uh... So, right, so, is Dodger going to run away again? No, for some reason, now she's stopped, because, obviously, she was saved by Willan and Palos. Oh. So, yeah, um...
1: Oh, big spark there. Oh. Smirk.
0: Blech. Oddly, I should point out, if you're watching the UK DVDs, and probably the American ones as well, you'll notice that the colours now, in this last scene, are, are bolder and brighter. Um... The skin tones are more noticeable on um on Palos and Willen, and the character throughout. That's because these, for some reason, this end scene is remastered in a different way to the rest of the episode. There are certain episodes of the series that were remastered in a certain way. Colossal awakes, um, uh, Return of the Gryphon or Daymare Daymar the Demon. Uh, certain episodes of the series were remastered where the colours were boosted and. Uh, I, can't, I can only say that if you were to look at an animation cell, this is a really accurate indication of what the colours are like. Especially Norco and Taylor in that shot. But a lot of the episodes, as beautiful as they look remastered, they're not completely cartoon um, um, cell accurate, as I'm going to call them. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's the best bit. The episode ends. As Taylor says, thank goodness. <laughs>
1: and the sorcerers for no reason whatsoever.
0: Whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, if I was a source I'd be insulted. You you want to put me in? What you want to put me in that episode? No. <laughs> ah. it's a, it's a. You know, there's nothing wrong with the the moral. You know, it's a lovely little moral about love. You know, and how it conquers all. Unless you've just been dumped, then it doesn't. But um, <laughs> it's uh. Oh, thank God that's over. But yeah, I mean, I'm not being I'm not being overly critical for comic effect. It just really is an episode where. There's nothing to talk about. You've got ten minutes of a chase through the Royal Palace of a kid that wants to kill them. And yes, she's supposed to be frightened and scared and maybe kids react in a certain way, especially kids that can level a galaxy. But just certain ways you do it, you don't write it like that, or you write a, a different action scene that that goes from place to place, not in the Royal Palace. You know, no offence to the Royal Palace, but it is possibly the, the most boring location in the series because it's supposed to be. It's the Royal Palace. It looks beautiful from the outside, it looks equally as beautiful from the inside, you know, the colours, but that's all it is, it's not Greyskull, it hasn't got traps and doors that talk and go, welcome, and stuff like that, or Snake Mountain, where it's like, I'm the ghost of Snake Mountain, Stuff. there's nothing like that, the Royal Palace, so to set an entire episode, action scene-wise, in the Royal Palace, is a, uh, you know, is a snore fest, I can't believe I'm using that phrase, but that's what it is, it's just nothing happens in that episode and and you, and you the scary thing is you can write an episode where nothing happens, of course you can I mean there's the the, the, the Tom I think it's Tom Seo's famous joke about we wanted to do this episode called The Day Where Nothing Happened mm-hmm. uh, the scary thing about that is legitimately you could write that episode in a certain way um, you know uh, the first act of Into the Abyss by Robert Lamb is a fantastic example um, of an episode where nothing happens you get a, a little fight at the start and then, until Taylor falls in the abyss, pretty much, you've just got, like, an average day in the lives of the Eternians, and that works beautifully, because it sets up the second act, but you could write an episode where nothing much happens and get away with it, because you, you rely on character development, you rely on uh, certain, maybe, little points, story elements, or past stories, or past things. The Starchild does none of that. It just, it just tells, uh, it tries to tell a story, and there are elements of it that are really quite good, if put together in the right way, they're not. It, it, it. language, language, no, language. it's just, it's just awful. Uh, I was just sitting
1: here thinking I need to edit that, make sure I edit that, and then you thanks. just do it at the end. I don't think I've heard you talk as passionately about an episode, but for all the wrong reasons.
0: But fortunately, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, the Star Child would be one of those characters I just hate. But Larry DiTilio, you know, one of the best writers of He Man and She Ra. Luckily, gets to write "Bargain with Evil," which is you know you could call it a sequel or whatever, but it's the second appearance of Star Child, and he writes an episode. Uh, it's not a brilliant episode, "Bargain with Evil." I've said that before. I don't think it's a great episode, but with regards to Star Child, it's absolutely perfect. It it deals with her as a child, with the power she got, uh, her relationship with the characters in the episode. You know her her feelings about other people. It's just so perfect for that character. The Star Child is a joke.
1: Okay. Uh, I think we'll leave it there before you swear any more. But um thanks I guess of sorts for covering this um how should I word this carefully? Um Well no I can't. Uh thanks James for covering the the Star Child and uh I'm sorry that you had to go through this. But at the end of the day It was your pick, sir.
0: It was my pick, and I'm kind of glad I got it off my chest because, you know, everybody, you know, certain people don't like the episode, maybe people like it, but uh, I hope I've presented a good argument in court for why you should not like this episode. Yes,
1: and hopefully, folks, whenever we discuss uh, next episode, James will curb his language and maybe his enthusiasm as well. But uh, (laughs) just, um, as always, thanks to go to James and until next time
0: today we saw people fighting over the star child but in the end her power brought these people together it might surprise you to know that all of us have a power like the star child's you can't see it or touch it but you can feel it it's called love when you care deeply about others when you're kind and gentle then you're using the power and that's very special magic indeed until later goodbye for now